Welcome to Silverbacks Valley, a podcast brought to you by Silverbacks Holdings. Today in the Valley with Ibrahim Sanya is a man who brought his engineering skills from the construction world to the world of content creation. Now the founder of Denda Group, he is called on by powerhouses, bridging Africa to the rest of the world to execute their creative vision. This man will probably be known someday as the first African nominated for an Instagram reel at the Oscars. Today, the Valley welcome, Danjuma. Welcome to Silverbacks Valley. I'm your host today, and my name is Ibrahim Sanya. Today's episode is sponsored by Statement. Statement is a media company focused on editorial coverage and market analysis of the African entertainment industry. Its production arm builds a pipeline for African women filmmakers. Magic Johnson, Samuel L. Jackson, and Latanya Richardson-Jackson are among the investors that support the statement's mission. We at Silverbacks Valley are big fans. Mr. Danjuma, legend, enigma. What's your life story? What's your, what did make you what you are today? Tell us how it started and how you've pivoted from the usual boring corporate life to the highly unusual, not boring you. Uh, okay. Well, uh, it's great to, to see you again, uh, have you in my city. Um, Pleasure yeah. to be in New York City all the time. Hosted by you, it's even better. You know, um, but it, where did it start? It started in uh, Kaduna, Nigeria, um, you know, uh, a couple of decades ago. Uh, I mean, I think I was always kind of just a r- rebel with, I, I always thought with, with a cause. Um, you know, my parents, everybody else around me probably thought otherwise. Uh, went to high school there, uh, went to university there, and then just thought, you know, uh, bigger. I've, I've always wondered, you know, that the world was much bigger than where, you know, where I was. Um, and so I wanted to see as much of the world as, as I could. Um, and so I just started, you know, I was there, I went to college there uh, in Kaduna, uh, about 30 minutes from the city I grew up in, in Zaria, Alagabili University. Mm-hmm. Very cool. um, and uh, I was there for three years, um, not doing anything with my life, just enjoying life. Uh, because the whole time I was plotting my way to uh, come to America. Mm. Um, and so, you know, my parents were like, absolutely not. You're going to go do drugs in America. And <laughs> and I I was just relentless. Uh, and I orchestrated it, enlisted the help of, you know, uh, my mentors, uh, Mrs. Inessi. Uh, she was mm. a professor in school then. Mm. And, you know, by sheer just grit, I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm going to America. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go study there. And that's where I'm going to, you know, that's where I think I belong. And, you know, um, 20 years later, uh, it's about 20, it's going to be 20 years in in May Mm. this year, you know. Anniversary. uh, Thank you. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, uh, here I am, uh, you know, and then I came here started uh, all over again, started school all over again. I was studying mechanical engineering there, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> mostly because my parents, um, uh, you know, I think I was, I was, you know, fairly smart growing up. Um, I was definitely ahead of my sort of, my, my peers. And, you know, when I was going to college, they were like, what do you want to do? And I, I was like, I think I want to be a comedian. I want to be an actor. And my parents, I remember them being like, like, you want to be like a clown? <laughs> uh, and so um, they, of course, um, you know, thought I was their crown jewel and they wanted me to be a doctor, as every African parent does. Uh, but they were like, you must do that. But they felt like, you know, you, you have the, the skills and the knowledge to do this. 
we think you should do it. Uh, I, of course, wanted to be an actor, and so we um, we settled on engineer. And mm. so, uh, <laughs> so, I did, so I did mechanical engineering, which I love. I, I think I, I think like an engineer, I've always thought like an engineer. And so I started mechanical engineering in ABU. And once I started Challenge, I got to finish it. So when I came to America, I still had to, I had to finish that mission that I started in ABU. So I did that. Excellent, excellent. Well, after the the plot, yeah. the success, the escape, the escape. There you go. You did finish school. That's right. And then went into corporate life. That's right. So you were still not executing on your passion, and desire to get out of the traditional. So, tell us a bit about that corporate moment and where you engineered right. your escape. <laughs> <laughs> that was the pun. Uh, so, uh, so I come, I, I start mechanical engineering, of course. Um, actually, I started in community college in, in Massachusetts, small college in Massachusetts, Quincy College. Mm -hmm. um, and then I uh, transfer after two years uh, to a uh, four or five year college. Uh, Northeastern University, and I, that's where I, that's where I studied mechanical engineering. After I'm done, um, my idea is really I wanted to be, you know, I want to be an aeronautic engineer. Uh, but a lot of the jobs in that field were, you know, um, you needed a security clearance, mm. uh, especially after 9/11. You know, those those careers became very because any company that I think worked with uh, defense needed, mm. mm. you know, entry. So I ended up uh, doing, uh, I got going into another um, area of mechanical engineering, um, which is construction. And, and I love construction, you know, I love to build things. That was, you know, something I loved. Um, so I did that. I moved from Boston to New York. New York City. Um, yeah, at the time, funny enough, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of New York, to be honest. Um, and so I moved here, uh, went into construction, HVAC. Um, mm. I did that for, I think it was five years. And then, you know, I just wasn't growing and I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to do more. I wanted to, you know, liaise with clients. I wanted to grow. Um, and there just wasn't that. And I, you know, I, I started talking to a lot of people and they were like, listen, man, we think your talent is, you know, you're a connector. You need to, because to be honest, I just didn't, know what my passion was. I didn't operate from a position of, I knew what my passion, I think a lot of people didn't know, uh, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't have that, I, you know, and, and I think I'm still in many ways trying to figure that out. Uh, so construction was something I loved and it was something that I would have done for free. Beautiful. Right? I still love it. Beautiful. Um, and so being, especially in a city like New York, a world city like New York like this, um, I think it was very, um, it was, you know, it felt good to know that you were able, you're building things that you were, you're able to mm. see, you know, like right now I move around New York, I know almost every address in mm. Manhattan, right? Mm. Because I've done work or bid for work in almost all of them, mm. um, you know? Oh, that's super. So you've now escaped out of Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> you are now a free man. <laughs> so there's a quote um, which says, the taste of freedom right. will ultimately make you permanently unemployable. Naval Ravikant. All right, so I moved to New York and I uh, get into construction, um, into the HVAC business. And, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, it, it was work that I love. I would have done it for free. And so, you know, um, it, it, you know, I still love moving around New York. I know every address here because I've either worked in or, you know, bid for work in almost every building in Manhattan, mm -hmm. right? All the noteworthy buildings. And so, you know, so I did that for five years and then I had, you know, friends in my ear being like, man, this is not you. 
you know, you, you, you're a lifestyle guy, you're a connector, you know, you got to do something, you got to build something. Um, and I thought to myself, man, I think this is the time I want to try something else. You know, I've done construction. It's not like I'm going anywhere. And so, so I left. I started a um, brand design and strategy consulting company. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for maybe three uh, three years. It was a struggle because it was a struggle because I was I was a startup trying to help startups <laughs> get started up. And so, you know, I did that, and it just was you know. You know, a nightmare. I moved and moved to Atlanta from New York and then to California. Uh, then ultimately, my old boss calls me back uh, saying he just bought into a company and he needed me back to come back into construction after an escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Try to get back and he pull me back in. Uh, so I come back after, after three years. And then, um, back for my second stint in construction and now you know i i'm you know an executive at this company uh, which which was not bad you know i moved back and then did that and then covid happens you know so i, I stayed put um you know and then you know from there i did that for a little while and then you know and then i left uh to go start my own creative agency I can escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> this one seems to be the right one. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I like to say I'm, I'm now retired from 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 engineering. We'll, well maybe you are just re-engineering yourself into the creative space. There we go. That's probably what is going on right at this moment. So, in terms of the nuggets. <laughs> that encompass the Danjuma agency, what would you say are three core nuggets? Because basically your work is fundamentally art. Mm -hmm. It is resonating onto people. And obviously you have a massive followership in various platforms. You are a speaker in various geographies you are thought after and you also have at times been a statistician and political analyst (laughs) that's a broad base so what would you say that those outward points uh, are created from so I'm talking about the inputs Mm. that basically bring out those outputs. Mm. So, you know, um, well, you've, I mean, you're juggling my memory because there are things I'm just like, because for me, you know, there's a quote I, I once seen, I think it's from Ralph Michener or something, you know, talk about, you know, the master in the art of living is kind of just, you know, he's not really delineating between his his recreation and his work and his, you know, life, religion, uh, his art and his, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just moving through life. I'm, everything is, is kind of just an experience. I, I'm, it's just one living, like, bundle of experience. And I think what would be the thread that cuts through all the different things I do, you know, um, which is politics, art, um, you know, um, you know, creation, uh, you know, I think it's, it's humanity. I'm, I'm mm. fascinated by the human condition. Mm. Um, I'm fascinated by storytelling. Mm. Uh, I think we're all at our core storytellers. Mm. And so for me, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by truth, mm. you know, like, there's something about when I hear, you know, things that are honest. I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm empathetic, but I'm also kind of like, well, not really true. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yes, I get the general sense, but I'm like, so I want to tell stories. I'm fascinated by where I come from. I'm, 
I feel like, like I said earlier, you know, I had this, I was drawn to America. I love that. I, I love America. I love that experience. It, it is a much bigger world and it has exposed me to a much bigger world than the world I grew up in. But there were a lot of lies. Mm. Not only lies about the place I was aspiring to go to, but lies about the place I was coming from. Mm. And those, when you tell a lie about where you are, mm. or when you are told a lie about where you are, mm. and then you're sold a bill of goods about where somewhere that can fix it, mm. and when you get there and you're like, that's, that's not really true. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, yes, America is great, but you can tell me the honest truth. I would still love that. Yes. But I know you know. If you told the honest truth about where I was in Zaria, and you told me the full truth about America, it, it wouldn't have been as easy a decision, and I wouldn't have done a lot of the things that I did to kind of... Mm -hmm. So I'm fascinated by... I feel like all my work is talking to young Dench, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is like talking to that guy and saying, yeah, you made the right decision, but you know, you could have also like there were all these other things too. Mm. And so I want to talk to people where I'm from and I'm, I'm glad that I get to, to do that every day through my art, through uh, talking to, you know, writing articles, right? In, in my local newspaper at home. Mm. You know, and my parents are always like, just like, you did engineering, you wanted to, you wanted to leave Nigeria so bad. And now, every time we turn around, you're in Nigeria again. You're in Africa again. <laughs> what, what, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, no. That's because I, I want to go back and kind of recreate that story, tell people the honest truth, right? And let them make their decision based on that truth. And so for me, that's all it is. I talk about Africa. I don't, I, I don't need to lie. Mm. It's complex, and the, the complexity is enough. Wonderful. You know, that makes me think of uh, something a friend of mine was uh, raising to my attention, saying that if you notice mm -hmm. every single prophet, mm -hmm. irrespective of the religion, mm -hmm. leaves the valley, mm -hmm. heads to a mountain alone, mm -hmm. discovers so much truth mm -hmm. that he cannot resist coming back, back to the valley to share. Yeah. And that sounds just like your story, my brother. Oh, not me being a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> but but I guess that is one that is one way. Um and but the reality is everybody in the valley, until they go to the mountain, we will know. never believe the prophet. <laughs> and that is the human condition. Absolutely. But I'm empathetic towards it, right? So I'm like, let's all go to the mountain, but just FYI. It ain't all, it ain't all milk and honey on the mountain. No, you know your love for the truth incites me to hit you with some quotes. Let's try a little game here to get uh, how you feel about a quote. In light of what you just told me now, one, I'd be tempted to test with you is from Navarro Africa. He says, the taste of freedom may make you permanently unemployable. Mm. <laughs> when I, when I think, How do you feel, my brother? When I think about about that, it. I'm, you know, I'm thinking um, Trinidad Carnival just, just happened. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who went there and they're, they're like, oh man, you don't understand the freedom. It just feels so good. And I'm thinking to myself, it's kind of social media era. People don't, people aren't going to say, well, you were just enjoying your life. So you know what? Everything that happens there is day there. Um, but I, I've always been... I, I, you know, freedom is a very complex thing, and, and I always tell people it's, it's it's at the center of my life. And for me, I, I don't mind being a martyr mm. for 
being able to show people that, you know, it, it's, it's okay for people to have a complex life. It's okay for people to be free. It's okay for people to play. It's okay for people to, you know, and that doesn't take away from the content of, of their work. It doesn't take away from how intelligent they are, right? So for me, I feel like I'm the poster child for that, right? And I try to do that in everything I do. I, I don't want to be so... Uh, you know, I was I was on Instagram Live, the, the, you know, yesterday talking about, uh, you know, elections in Nigeria and, and I was cursing and people were like, oh, we're cursing. I'm thinking to myself, it's it's that all the politicians that we revere, they don't curse. They don't, you know, so for me, if you can't decipher between the information I'm giving you because you're distracted by curse words, you know, for me, that's I, I'm going beyond i want you to just understand me i want you to understand everybody mm-hmm. and so if, if i have to be sacrificed for our society to move just a little bit mm-hmm. towards sort of the acceptance and the understanding of freedom then you know it is what it is i'm mm-hmm. a freedom fighter mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so what you just said um made me think of another quote this one from Rumi. He says, a candle does not lose any of its light when it is enlightening another candle. Mm. What do you think about that candle? Where does it take you? Mm. You know, it, it is, <laughs> it, it actually, it, it takes me to, I, I have a lot of friends that are very serious people, right? And I'm usually kind of the the, um, the unserious person. I'm usually the loud person, right? And, and I've always thought in society, um, we, we, um, Fluff, we reward fluff mm. um, a lot, mm. right? Mm. And so for me, uh, in lieu, we reward fluff in lieu of substance. Mm. And I've always thought, why is that? And I realized it's because fluff is easy, fluff is relatable, fluff is, is, is light. Mm. And so I've always kind of been the, the person that my substantive friends will call you know, sort of to, and I've always taken it upon myself to kind of make noise, to bring the light to kind of the substance that, that you know, these people who don't, who kind of detest the fluff, mm. they, you know, they, they don't, they don't, they just want to put their head down and do the work. Mm. And I thought if you combine fluff and substance, it's the only way you can get rid of fluff. Mm. And so for me, I've always, and that's why people think I'm very complex because I want to, I, I use the, you know, the, you know, Zazu to, to draw them in and then tell them, hey, there's serious stuff here. Correct. And so for me, when I think of lighting candles, I, I, I use my, my noise, my platform mm. to draw attention to the substance that a lot of people are working on, people who don't normally get that, who don't even like the intention, mm. to be honest, mm. you know, but people who are doing good work mm. and but you'll never know about it because the fluff, that last substance is always in your face. So for me, I'm like, hey, 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 there's also fluff here. Mm. But then once I grab your attention, I'm like, ah, let's do some, let's talk about some election numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you say is so true, my brother. In fact, uh, it just reminds me of uh, the talent of comedians. Mm. You were talking about your parents saying that uh, the word you give me, I would argue that the best quality news we've had over the last half a decade to decade has come from Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Consistently shorter than the time you sit in front of CNN. Endless yeah, hearing the same route and over. Sit with this man who basically packaged me in comedy and fluff 
you drop so he dropped some weird accelerated accelerated rate of knowledge and quality and then leads you back says good night and you're like dude there's some serious stuff that was dropped in me right now but you just don't realize it right away but i think there's some powerful stuff and uh, more more power to you for for doing that um i um I'm thinking about another one that uh, may be worth your interpretation. You know these quotes, they're a bit like, there's a bit like art, you know, you look at a piece of art and everybody has a different interpretation. So it's lovely to see how you are looking at these things. So, one uh, statement from, this is actually from um, you're scrolling past the easy ones. <laughs> really difficult, difficult shit. <laughs> well, I'm ready. You're ready. No, no, I Young mean, people like look at this guy. Amen, amen. <laughs> so six ethics of life. Before you speak, listen. Before you spend, earn. Before you quit, try. Before you write, think. Before you die, live. Before you rest, work. Mm. Oof. Man. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's taking me to, to a place. It's, these things are so. I'm gonna be. I'm a little bit random, so I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna take you to LA, to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and in in 2018, and I have these. Uh, I have these friends. They're gonna go. Obviously, LA is show business, so mm-hmm. they're they've been pitched a a um, reality show. Mm-hmm. So they're hitting me up. Hey, would you like to? You know, we think you're great because I'm when I'm around my friends, it's vibes. You know, I'm always you know. And so the, um, the, the producer is like, oh, you know, she sets up a call and is like, you know, I would like to talk to you just to kind of get a feel for you. Everybody's, everybody I talk to is like, yo, you the guy to have, you know, on this, on this show. Mm-hmm. So she calls me and she's walking through questions with me. And I'm doing kind of what I'm doing now, which is I'm, I, you know, I get a question and I'm like, there's a lot of ums. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not just talking to be heard. I'm talking, I want what I'm saying to make sense, not to, not only to me, but I want to make sure that I'm communicating to the person I'm talking to. Um, that I'm trying to filter it through, you know, is this important? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it, you know, so that's where that's taking me. And she was like, at the end, she was like, you know, you're good, but you know, it's not really, it doesn't make for good TV. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't make for good reality TV. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so where that's taking me is showbiz doesn't reward those things. The reason somebody has to make a quote about that is because we live in a world <laughs> that, doesn't reward, that doesn't reward that. Of course you should think before you fucking speak. <laughs> Before, before, you know what I'm saying? It's like, why is this even a quote? <laughs> Sorry to the person, so but that's what that's what it's taking me because it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, if we as a society, we're not ready, we're not ready to have that conversation <laughs> as one of my friends would say. All right, now I'll hit you with another one. In any given situation in life, you always have three choices. You can change it. You can accept it, or you can leave it. Change it, accept it, or leave it. Leave it. Where does that take me? So the rebel in me, first of all, is like, anytime you hear that you have only three choices in life, remember there's there's more. <laughs> Don't, do not allow yourself to be constrained. That's where it's taking me, one. Um, and maybe that is the thing, is that in life, whenever you think you only have, whenever you're presented with only a couple of choices, there's always more. Mm. And that's how I live my life is, I like to think, so there's thinking outside the box, mm. 
which is there's a box here there's something outside the box mm. and then there's where I like to think is because now there's a bubble that's outside of that box Mm, mm. I want to think outside the bubble that's outside the box. Mm. So you have Kanye West. Kanye West is radical, but he's just thinking outside the box. Mm, mm. But he's in a bubble. Mm, mm, mm. But he doesn't know he's in a bubble. So he's, you know, he thinks he's a free thinker. He's spewing all this stuff. But there's, you're in that bubble, and inside that bubble it is still, it's a box, mm. but it's, it's, it's more fluffy. Mm, so mm. you're not you're not bumping against it's mm, <laughs> it's, mm, it's mm. like a little you know um so that's that's kind of where where that's taking me is like you know um yes you have those choices but as as an engineer, engineer. I, I always go there is who said those are my own choices no fair 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 now i want to know the youth um, you and your interaction with the youth especially uh, African youth, whether at home or in the diaspora, clearly it's been a a matter in your mind. What do you think um, ought to be done better in these years to come to get our group right. to fundamentally pivot? You know, every country in the 54 African states is evolving at a different Pace. But pace is not everything. Direction is fundamentally. <laughs> but not going fast, man. Going in the wrong direction. Good news, you're going, you're going fast. Bad news, you're going in the wrong direction. Correct. So, what do you think needs to be done when you have platforms like yours uh, and this one and others to make sure that? It's not a matter of moving fast mm-hmm. or slow, mm-hmm. but moving right. Yeah. And you know, the definition of right, as you've eloquently put it, is really left in the eye of the beholder. But I think, as a, as a continent, mm-hmm. we're able to see paths that have been taken by other continents, mm-hmm. other geography outside of the U.S., mm-hmm. that yielded some outcome mm-hmm. that we perceive mm-hmm. as progress. Mm-hmm. What do you think are two to three essential items mm-hmm. our countries, our youth mm-hmm. need to adopt? Oof. <laughs> so the interesting thing is as you're talking about, you know, the youth, I'm thinking like me, <laughs> and you're like, no, we, we, we gotta help these other, these other youth. <laughs> no, like, okay. Um, you know, for me, I, I've never really seen myself as, as speaking to anybody in particular. I, I, I think that's presumptuous to think that I'm, you know, a voice that people listen to, that I, I'm significant in any kind of way. And I mean that honestly. Um, it's not until recently when I travel to kind of other countries, like, and I see how they receive, not, not me, but they receive how I reflect them back, mm. right? So people aren't, people from Kaduna, you know, people in Zaria, when I meet them in Nigeria, what they're thinking, what they're saying to me is, thank you for the way that you portray us. So it's it's they they want to be reflected with you know mm. honesty. Mm, mm. They want to be reflected with with positivity, mm. right? So for me and and a good friend uh, of mine, uh, uh, Mo Mo Yahya, uh, um, you know, he's the uh, resident representative at the uh, UNDP in Nigeria. Mm. He talks about the the psychology of of progress. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of where these countries that we we sort of you say have done things that we perceive to be right, the first thing that they do is there's a psychology of progress, right? It it feels like you you have to psych yourself up, like you got you got to lie to yourself, right? Um, and 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 it wasn't until you know a good friend of mine, um, 
uh, Michelle Smelly uh, from uh, uh, Bermuda. Mm. She's Jamaican uh, origin, but you know, in Bermuda. Back in the day, I would I would be on the internet. It was Facebook back then. I'd just be, you know, Nigeria, we ain't shit, blah blah blah, all this shit. She came to me. She's like, yo. So you think, like, the voice out out there that's missing is like another person talking shit about Africa and about Nigeria. Right? That's mm. that's that's your niche. Mm. Yeah, you've cracked some code. Mm. Yeah, your voice. Mm. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. Yeah, the voice of change. Mm. And I thought to myself, you know, mm. you're right. She's right. For 30, 40, 50, in fact, I exist in this space because somebody has been talking shit. Mm. Right? Somebody lands in a helicopter, surveys the area, or goes to Lagos, one area, and then tells me about the entire continent. You know, so for me, I started to think, you know what? I'm gonna focus on on the positive sides, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna right. psychologically Good. sort of reprogram myself Good. to think and see positivity and see nuance, right? If somebody comes to me, I was reading an article the other day in the New York Times, oh, doom and gloom is a disastrous place. And then I read in the comments, of course, a whole bunch of Nigerians are like, yeah, it's, it's true. Is it not true? Is it not true? I'm thinking to myself, it's so curious that these people, they find truth when it's other people and they find nuance when it's them. So for me, I'm like, no, it, it, that's not the question we should be asking. Is it true? Is it nuanced? Mm. Right? Is it? And so for me, that's that's the thing. Is I, I'm my, I'm dedicated to nuance, right? I'm dedicated. I think if I tell, I'm not there trying to tell any lies, right? I go and people know I'm there. I'm I'm in Okada. I want to meet people. Mm. I don't just go to places to see sights and sounds, right? Mm. I want to go there. It's the quality of the, the conversations I'm having, the quality mm. of the character of the people. That's what defines a place, right? Oh, mm. you, you, you bring the, like, I don't know who's building all these places. I don't know who they, mm. they borrowed money from to build nice skyscrapers. Mm. You know, it's like a Ponzi scheme layered on top of a Ponzi. Like, mm. you want to compare yourself to a country that's $34, trillion in debt? Mm-hmm. If we had yeah. that much money, we were borrowing at that rate, we would probably be up there as well. You know, mm-hmm. so for me, Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I focus on positivity. Mm. I focus on nuance. I, I want to know, you know, if you're telling the truth, is it necessary? Mm. Right? Um, is it kind? Mm. You know, um, you know. But but for I, as long as our our if we're talking about leaders and what they can do better, you know, for young people, you know, to me, at least what I focus on is I want to tell stories, right? I want I want them to know that they are enough, that, you know, it, their lives are hard because life is hard, right? There's, mm. there's, there's things that there's, if I, if the guy, right, my president is treating us like crap, I want to know who's there, who's his boss, who's he borrowing money from? Mm. You know, and how is that guy treating? What what does that guy demand of him? Mm. Because that more than likely, I've realized, you know, when we've had great leaders, there's a reason that those guys don't don't last that long. And so that has shown all the other guys, listen, you gotta fall in line. Mm. You know, it's not enough to just be a great leader. You know, mm. so mm. for mm. me, you know, uh, you know, a bit all over the place, but you know, for no, me, I, no. I want to be. It is very consistent with. What you said in the beginning, you when you think about it, yeah. and uh, it's uh, glorious that you would uh, want to have the, the youth to, to realize that, because I, I think in our communities, the earlier we understand that your village, your city, your country, your continent is just an entity that's a collective set of individuals. Yeah and that you have to be kind with yourself. Right. You cannot expect others to be more kind in the way you speak about yourself. It's true psychology. It right? If you are associating your name with curse words, mm-hmm. you will only encounter negative, right? right. A negative outcome, because that's what you condition yourself to. Yeah. So I think the more as a group, 
whether at home or in the diaspora, we realize what you saw when you left the valley and got to this mountain and realized that this mountain was not as bright as the mountain was set up to be, the more people realize that maybe they need to behave like the mountain a bit. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Because that Because you make your mountain. mountain. No, that valley is a mountain. Exactly. <laughs> For somebody else, right? And you have to convince yourself before others uh, believe in it. And I think the, the positive messages, uh, like you say, are, are, the, are the beginning of the light. At the beginning of the light, else, you know, the, the darkness, as, uh, as uh, Muhammad Ali was saying, will only stay associated to negative by someone else doing, but not you trying to, to point to the fact that uh, black is great, that's right. black is beautiful, that's right. and that's what's happening in the continent is second to none in many places. That's right. And that's a, a crucial, crucial step. That uh, that reminds me of uh, what uh, Maya Angelou was saying, saying people don't remember what you've said and the word you've pronounced, but they remember how you made them feel. Yeah. So it's a crucial part of the work we need to do within our group. Um, just uh, happy that in your practice that's of sharing, right. That's right. you make that a priority because that's what we need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Questions for you, from you? For, oh man, where do I begin? I mean, you you are, you know, um, a legend, a legend in the game, you know. Um, this has been an honor. Uh, I think my first question is, uh, can I hold your watch real quick? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We'll swap. We'll um, swap right away. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, so my questions would be, um, if I could, is, you know, there's, you, you have an exterior most of the time that is very serious, mm. right? But I see there's a, there's and in my encounters with you, as as with a lot of people, there's a lot of there's a lot of play in there. There's an enjoyment of life. There's a yearning for that. Um, how how do you explore joy? You know, like what 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 does that mean to you? And does it feel confined or is it just it's is it like you know are you just uh, have you just partitioned your life into you know there's work after work you know i, I loosen up the tie you know <laughs> you know or is it you, you know do you feel compelled to kind of you know as a leader there's there's people that are looking up to me there's there's something i need to do mm. to you know how, how do you explore joy i think is is, is my mm. own thing no, that's a that's a great question. Um, Where well, I spend a lot of time thinking. I mean, I I'd say that I do spend a lot of time thinking about like you, what's right, what's wrong. But the one conclusion that I've become very comfortable with age is that the goal of life is actually not happiness or bliss as we define it as a society because happiness and bliss we need to realize that happiness is a feeling that basically we define as a target the unfortunate part of happiness is once you reach your desire or that target you're hungry for something else. Mm. So it's something that's ephemeris. Mm. What can be long-standing is actually inner peace. Mm. So, and the reality is as a species, we are full of contradiction. Mm. So the sooner mm. you embrace your contradictions, mm. the more at peace you are. Mm. And to me, that's bliss, is being able to 
embrace what you're saying, mm -hmm. this spectrum of extreme seriousness, the spectrum of very happy, mm -hmm. uh, having fun with friends, mm -hmm. and understanding that we are just very contradictory in the individuals, people, mm -hmm. species. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, then the mask falls, mm -hmm. the uneasiness collapse because it's the self-denial of your full spectrum mm. that will create some unease, some insecurity, mm. some lies mm. with yourself. Mm. So authenticity, which is what you have really eloquently, you know, spelled out mm. here today for us, is really ultimately the quest of life. We spend time trying to emulate so many other bodies mm. or other somebodies, not knowing that your sole quest in life is to be in alignment with yourself. Mm. And nobody can be a better version of you than you. So mm. why try to be someone else? Why your sole job is to figure out who you are supposed to be, like you have done. And then when you get that, then that issue, to me, become a non-issue. Because you are enjoying when you want to enjoy. You are calm or introvert when you want to be introverted. Because your only customer is you, not society. And I think that's, at least speaking about myself, that's where I find solace. I, I'm, I'm tempted to push to push you on that. Um, can I? Please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so for me, and you're very generous with your words. I, I'm nowhere near finding peace. I'm I'm in constant conflict. Like what people look at as joy and living my life, I'm is literally a revolution every day. Mm -hmm. right? it's, it's I'm not saying it's not a revolution <laughs> with with me. Right. Uh, so for me, for a lot of people, there is the outward. There, there is what you want to sort of instill in others. Right. There's the the values of, of being a serious person, of being you know, knowing that we, you know, as, as a black African man in, in whatever work you are, there's a burden, mm -hmm. right? There's an undue tax mm -hmm. that's on you that, you know, and I, I like I said, like, mm -hmm. a little, because in reality, I, I know that it's a, it's a privilege to be able to be free, right? That, that's, mm -hmm. that's a, you know, you need to, because it, you have you have customers, right? You have, yeah, <laughs> you, you have bosses. We have boss. like society is is the way it is. It expects things of us, and so I'm I'm wondering is that you know how do you nav how are you navigating sort of life, knowing that you know as a as a leader I have to be dressed a certain way, right? I, I love it, but I love it all the time. I want to, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm constrained in some ways, mm. and so I know I have to release in other in other ways. Mm. Is there a duty to kind of tell the truth about what your life really is like, mm. or live out the truth about sort of these complexities? And, and I try to hold that and kind of right show that to people. Right, that is, you know, a lot of people see me and they're like, "Oh, life is just travel and vibes and." You know, you, you're always so joyous and like, I just want that and it's infectious and you laugh. And I'm like, yeah, you, you see a performance every time I turn on a camera or a camera is at me, you know, it's vibes, you know? But you know, outside of that, there's a struggle, there's, there's real life. Yes, yes, You yes. know, every day is not a highlight. Yes, no, 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 for sure. I, you know? I, and I, so I what just... is the duty? And so a lot of people have told me, you're part of the problem where people are like, ah, self-life. <laughs> I can't go and kill myself. <laughs> I'm the embodiment. And so now I feel a duty to kind of show my work, mm -hmm. right? And the reason mm -hmm. I show, the, and they're like, it's not fair mm -hmm. that you show play mm -hmm. and you don't show your work. 
And so the challenge I'm putting to you is, mm. is it fair that you show work mm. and you don't show your play? Mm, mm, no, that's absolutely fair, my brother. No, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think the, the tough part in the, the party that is looking onto you is they always see the end product. It's almost like attending a live event. You watch an amazing play and you're like, wow, this is phenomenal. But you don't see the hard work that has gone into getting those few minutes. And that's fundamentally the life. And and I think the the, the key is is really being able to find ways to align those inner passions to what you do daily. So in, in, in my case, obviously, you know, my whole career has been uh, around finance in general. And in, uh, you know, in the, the, I do believe that in life you go through, through, through lessons, right? It's, uh, we have a saying in, 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 in my country, in Senegal, where basically to say that God is challenging you, the term for challenge is actually is measuring you. The same term you use that when a tailor is taking your measurement mm. to get you into new clothes. Mm. Okay, so, okay. What's this in, in Wolof? Or is in, in Wolof. So the play nut. He's measuring you. Mm. So for you to get the new outfit, you need to be measured. Mm. Else it's not going to fit. Mm. So it's not necessarily a bad thing when you challenge. Because if it the measurements are not right. You're not ready for the clothes. Yes. So that's our African richness. We have plenty of those wisdom pieces, but it tells you life, how it is. But I think through your craft, you go through that. You go through experiences that get you to fit better in the clothes that are for you. Right? So over time, you just kind of, like you say, navigate through life. And you're like, you know, this one, not for me. I'm too pudgy. I'm too slim. I'm too fat. Until you kind of say, ha, that is the, the Agbada. This is the, this is the outfit for me. I'm going to wear it. Until you decide that this outfit is no longer for me. So to an extent, at least, in my case, I did believe that each part of the journey mm. was a set of lessons learned in a vast amount of measurements, mm. challenges. Mm. And then at some point you decide, you know what? I think my style mm. is this. Mm. Okay. And the alignment of passion for me is, in, at least for me, it looks clear to speak to itself. I don't think that there's many finance professionals mm -hmm. that have done the usual banking, investment banking, or doing infrastructure, roads, mm -hmm. electricity, and all those things we, we do uh, when we work in, uh, in international and organizational banks that decide to elect to pick the sectors they're passionate about. In our case, it's media, sports, technology, and lifestyle. So that's your play. That's the play. That's where I'm having so my play. You've aligned your work with your play. You're, you're, uh, not, you're, you're a master in the art of living. I do not disagree. And in fact, uh, one of the biggest philosophies I I think you also espouse to is the, the art, what you call art of living. I say it's it's the effort to embrace the definition of integrity. So integrity, people look at it as a definition of being ethical or being honest. Mm. But integrity by proper definition is when you align what you think, what you say, and what you do. That's what integrity 
Whatever that is. Whatever that is. That is, if you are in this association between your thought, your speech, and your action, obviously it's viewed as dishonest. But the dishonest is, is not with society. It's with yourself. So the sooner you're able to reach a point of integrity, that's where you get that inner peace. And that's where the happiness comes from. Because you're no longer a inner play whose plot is not yours and whose director you don't even know and you obey to simply. And a set of audience that changes every day. With all those variables, it's pretty tough. But if your goal ends up being playing your theater for you, the only person you're trying to satisfy is you. Integrity. I, I, you know, I, I think I'm seeing myself in that, and kind of. Like, I still think it's a, it's a privilege to be able to, to do that yes. and, and be in certain ways. I think a lot of people are in this play because they don't have, they, or they feel like they don't have the choice. In many ways, you know, it, it is that way. Uh, but you've gone through a course. The good thing right. is, like, what you're saying to the kids and to the youth is that you are able to tell them these things because you've lived That's right. this experience, this challenge. I think it's important, you know, within our age group to not convey or confuse the youth that, ah, you're 18, 19, you should just wake up and do what you like. Right. That we are doing what we're doing today at our midlife. Right. Because we've been able to look at the path to the mountain. That's right and decided to come back. That's but they need to do that path first. If you don't cross the path, you don't know what's, what is to be known. Okay. Uh, well said. Um, yeah. We're gonna, definitely gonna have to do another episode. Yeah. This is gonna be a podcast series. This is just episode one. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have to do a full, full sequence. Yeah. Your 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 quotes the the uh, the painter paints the I was like yo that's that's the one where's where's that one where's that the, one is the conclusion yeah, always I, I see you've been following the program yeah I'm, I'm, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I got my notes there. I'm like I'm ready you know? all right those are the two last questions so question second to last the painter must paint mm. the singer must sing. The writer must write. What is it that Denjuma must do to be? Mm. 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 I, I guess it's one of those things where you think <laughs> you prepare all your life for it and you're like, wait, wow, I'm stumped. Um, I, you know, I think I'm all those things, right? I'm, you know, I'm a painter, so I paint. I, you know, I, I like to think I'm a singer, so I sing. You know, um, I'm a writer, and so I must write. And so, you know, I think for for what has what do I have to do? Um, I think play. Mm. Yeah, I, I I I I want to live. Uh, mm. as, I, as I tell my uh, friends, I, I always find a way to make um, everything I do to sneak play into it. Mm. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't wait to smell the roses, right? I don't, mm. I don't stop mm. to smell the roses. Mm. And I smell the roses as I go, mm. you know, and, and everywhere I am, I, I have to infuse some form of play because, you know, that's a thing that's, natural to us and like i'm just like man life is as we say in nigeria is a pot of beans and so mm. you just want to live you want to be able to you know if, if i'm gone as mm. i will mm. at some point i don't know you know i don't know that i think most people will say man do you live he, he, he sucked the juice out of, <laughs> out of life. Mm. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'm not going to leave, you know, leave you people to enjoy this life by yourselves. But, um, mm. you know, I think 
that's that's what I have to do. I have to I have to play. Um, you know, I think I'm at. I, I live my life. I, I work so that I can. Everything is in service of play. Mm, mm, <laughs> and so you know, so that's 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 what I that that has to play. That's beautiful, my brother. That's that's uh, wonderful. You have answered the question of what would you tell to young Danjo earlier. Right. Right. I want to ask you who as an individual mm-hmm. has had the greatest impact in you mm-hmm. and if it's not a who, mm-hmm. which book mm-hmm. or which podcast has done that? Mm-hmm. Um, greatest impact. They're, they're, as I told you, I don't like absolutes. I don't, I don't absolutes, <laughs> absolutes, absolutes are, are absolute, not absolute, not for me. I think there, there are a lot of people. Um, uh, there, there's one particularly that I, um, I, I think, and this is very not, you know, it, a lot of people say this, but it's not particularly like, I think my dad in many ways, um, and I, I didn't have a good relationship with my dad mm. for a very, very long time. We still have a very, very antagonistic relationship. Mm. But I think, um, I think he's had a very, very huge impact on me. Um, and and there's, there's one particular thing that he said to me. And so he said he's dropped a lot of these, like, he doesn't, we don't talk a lot. Mm. And so maybe because, and, and he's always like, I always act like I don't listen. So I'm very, mm. but I, I've always known that mm. if you just keep talking, when they, when they meet the moment where they need it, it'll come back. That's mm. just the way the human brain works. Mm. Uh, but my dad, that's, it, he's, he's definitely, he told me, you know, at some point, it, wherever you find yourself, mm. make sure you're extracting mm wisdom from that. Amen. Amen. Right. It doesn't matter if you Mm. find yourself in a cell, Mm. look around and think Mm. to yourself, what what can I extract from from this this place, from this moment? Why Mm. am I here? And I think it was one, Mm. it probably forced us to go to some Mm. church camp or something. And and I think that's where he told me, Mm. that's where he told me that. But I think that was one thing that was very, very impactful. Mm. And then the other thing, I think uh, there's one of my friends, um, uh, Masai uh, Ujiri. Mm. And one thing he's told me about, like what he didn't even tell me, right? But one thing he's taught me is just like to be able to think big, Mm -hmm. right? There's just, there's a way that I realize every time now when I'm thinking and I'm like, Mm. (laughs) that's a bit small. Mm-hmm. You know, beautiful. Like, you gotta think bigger than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's while it's daunting, but it's like, why the fuck not? Exactly. And so, you know, those those are two things that I'm thinking about right now that are like, uh, the second one was very important because it's very like I, I'm taking on a bunch of mm. huge tasks yes. right now, um, and I'm in different environments, and I think maybe those two things kind of are, are coming together in kind of, you know, a way where I'm like, oof, mm, beautiful. You know, that that measure, you know, I'm 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 gonna take that one. It's you know. from Senegal. There's no patent registered. Last time I checked, <laughs> feel free to borrow, monetize. No one will come suing you. So I'm gonna leave you with uh, a. A, a story that a lady from London was telling, and it goes like this, that when she was going to a school where she got the biggest lesson in her life, mm-hmm. where they were sitting in this private school where the teacher on the first day of class came and he looked very strong, muscular, army-like. And as they were entering the class, he just screamed, raised his voice, sit around the table and shut up. And then they sat and he's like, 
Whatever you do today, do not leave your seat. Do not talk, else I will fail you. I'm going to repeat myself. Whatever you do today, do not speak, do not talk, do not get up from your seat. Whoever breaches those instructions will get an F. And everybody's terrorized. This is day one, and they've heard rumors about this teacher. And as they're sitting still, he brings a big vase with water and a fish inside. And there's a table in the middle of the circular arrangement of the seats. And basically pulls out the small fish and puts it on the table. And he walks out. And he's like, remember the instructions. I'll be back. As he leaves, all the students are looking at each other because the fish is on the table, about to die. But as they are looking at the fish, as they remember the instruction, and about uh, two minutes pass, nobody does anything. They're just looking at each other. Everybody hoping that the other citizen will do what they don't dare to do. And everybody is selfishly trying to maintain a grade that is different from F. And considering leaving the fish die. Eventually, a student called Emma gets up, picks up the fish, and puts it back. And the teacher comes back, and everybody's terrorized. But Emma is like looking strong looking at the super diesel guy and saying, I did it. And then everybody's expecting a catastrophic contest. And he looks at all of them and it's like, what did society do to you? What about your humanity? And that quote really makes me think of what you're doing today, my friend, you don't have to necessarily follow the instructions if they don't make sense. You don't have to. You just need to remember that after all, we're first human. And I congratulate you for your humanity, my brother. Thank you for listening to this episode of Silverbacks Valley. For more episodes around founders building dominant platforms from Africa to the rest of the world, you can follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anjami, and Audiomac. Tune in.